Hello and welcome to Financial Education for the Nation. Today I want to talk to you about how to win at the game of money and get ahead financially. This episode has been sponsored by Idealo, the price comparison website. Okay, I'm often asked, why is it so difficult to get ahead financially? Why is it so hard to win at the game of money? And I call it the game of money because if we view it as a game, we'll play by the rules. And if we play by the rules, we're more likely to succeed. But it's stacked against us. It really is stacked against us. I wanna be optimistic and positive, but it is stacked against us. Let me explain why. We are hardwired as human beings and we like instant gratification. Society has trained us to want instant gratification. That's why Amazon is such a mammoth company that we go onto our phone or the online onto the computer, we see the other, we click it and it's there tomorrow. Argos even do a click, get it today. You know, I can click, oh, I want that click, buy it. I'll just go and pick it up from the local Sainsbury's or Argos, wherever it might be, and it's in store and it's easy. You know, instant gratification. If you are a similar age to me, you'll remember going to the local blockbusters or the local video shop, browsing the walls of all these hundreds of different films, only to choose the one you want and go to the front and the guy, bit nerdy guy normally, behind the counter and say, I'm sorry, it's not in stock. Ah! We don't do that now, do we? We just go on to Netflix, Prime, whatever your streaming choice is, and it's there. Boom. You know, my kids just don't understand it. In, you go to a store, you can't afford it, no problem. Put it on credit. It's not a big deal. DFS have made more money out of their finance side of the business than they did out of their sofas. You know, it's instant gratification. We get things immediately. We don't have to wait. Now, if you talk to people who are um, more from the Second World War generation, so almost like the baby boom generation, okay, and older, um, they waited for things. They saved things. You know, my parents, I'm sure they won't mind me sharing this, had pots of money. So they would save things. They would save up for things. They would save up for their holiday. They would save up to replace the sofa. You know, and um, we kind of gone away from that in 2020 or before as well, because it's so easy just to get stuff. And it's those habits in life that are affecting us also from our finances. And then, dare I say, also from our health, because with our health and fitness, it is a delayed gratification. We can't work out once to get fit. We can't eat a healthy meal to be healthy. We have to do this consistently. And that's what we also have to do with finance as well. You know, it's so, so difficult. And with finance, there are so many demands on our time and our money. You know, given the choice of having some money, say, and save it for a future promise relative to, okay, I need to buy my needs. I get that. And my wants today, I get pleasure from spending or do I put it away for possibly something that might give me happiness in the future? But I don't know because I can't visualize that future. And actually the amount of money I can afford today is so small and trivial 
relative to the amount of money that I really need in the future. You know, I can save 20 pounds, 100 pounds, 1,000 pounds now, but I need 500,000, I need a million in the future. That just blows my mind. I just can't quite get around the concept of that. And, you know, it's just starting, it's starting that process, you know, to learn how to win at the game of money when the odds are stacked against us. And what I would say is take routine thought out of everyday decision. You know, my greatest mentor, I would say, um, who trained me to be the financial planner that I am, one of the things, he had loads of great phrases, but one of the things that he used to say is take routine thought out of everyday decision making. And I, I was young when I first met him and it kind of just went over my head, but he said it so often all the time it ingrains in you and you learn it and then you think well, actually you know what? you're probably right you've got something there take routine thought out of everyday decisions so if i can do it, make a decision that's right now and then automate it i then don't have to think about it so much and that's really the ethos behind the money plan the book setting yourself up to win at the game of money automatically stacking the odds in your favor as opposed to having to make conscious decisions every time you want to make a financial decision. Uh, another great um, influence in my life um, says something along the lines of, it's our habits that make us and it's our habits that break us. And you've got the choice whether you instill good habits around finances or whether you have bad habits around finances. And just because you've had habits that haven't supported you up to date, it doesn't mean you have to carry on those habits going forward. You can ingrain and instill new habits because the past doesn't equal the future. The past is what happened. And some people say the best thing about the past is it's that it's in the past and we have the future to look forward to. And that's why step one of the money plan is all about creating a compelling vision, a something that really excites you about what the future potentially could be. And right now is a really exciting time in, future, in, in history. And I promise you, it really is an exciting time. So many people are focused on the area of the pandemic and the redundancies and everything else. What I'm focusing on is this week, Amazon got FAA, so the Federal Aviation Authority, I think it is, approval to fly drones to deliver parcels. And I think it was last week, uh, Amazon got, they have got approval, I don't know when it was, Amazon got approval for the merger with um, Deliveroo. So what we now have is a phenomenal delivery company, infrastructure, logistics, delivering items automatically without delivery drivers, and throw on top of that your weekend takeaway be delivered at your home via a drone. We, we went to Milton Keynes in the shutdown, sorry, not in lockdown, in the summer holidays with the kids. I've got a really good friend up there. And we went to see him and his family. And um, when I drove through Milton Keynes, we saw these little buggies delivering I delivering stuff. So if you're from Milton Keynes, you'll understand. If you're not from Milton Keynes, you've never been to Milton, Le Milton Keynes, Google uh, Milton Keynes robot delivery, I don't know, along those lines. And you'll see images, I took some photographs, I couldn't believe it, these little robots that go around to people's houses and deliver things. So that's like stage one, and now what we've got is flying drones potentially coming to the UK to deliver goods. Now, I admit it was agreed, approved in America, it's yet to come to the UK. But when I was in Australia, I was really surprised that the 
concentration of Amazon's delivery, not the breadth of it. And there were so many sections and parts of Australia that didn't yet get Amazon delivery. And I'm talking about Amazon here, but it could be generalized across the board because I don't know if you've realized that online purchases from other companies have really upped their game. So it's so much easier now to buy goods from other companies. And there are some companies that have really prospered um, during this lockdown period because they've had to up their game for online delivery. And although their front door sales have just plummeted, their online sales have gone through the roof. And we're now going into a new dimension of instant gratification and online delivery. I digress because this is about how to win at the game of money, but it's really important that you notice it's where your, your mind, your attention goes, your decision and your body will follow. Um, and it's really important that you focus on things that are empowering. You, you want reality, but you focus on things that are empowering and they're going to support you as opposed to things that are going to drag you down. There is always a silver lining. So you know, how to win at the game of money is about to make it automated, automatic. You know, take routine thought out of everyday decision. And remember, it's our habits that make us and also that break us. So we don't like change. As a, as a, as a, as a generalization, most of us don't like change. And I can sort of say that by saying that you probably take the similar, or you did when you went to work, take a similar route to work every day. You do a similar thing most weeks. You probably eat the similar types of food. You get your grocery shopping from the similar um, supermarket. You don't just go to, some people do, like Nikki, my wife, likes change more than I do. I like, because I, I can do so much more. When I automate things, I can do so much more and become so much more creative. If I have to think about what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to wear, what I'm going to do all the time, then I'm, my mind's thinking about those mundane things. Whereas if I automate those, I can then think about more, in my world, more exciting and, and, and fun things. So as human beings, we don't often like change. And a good example is a relationship breakup. If your partner just leaves you, yeah, emotionally you're sad, but sometimes you're fearful because you're fearful of what does the future look like? Because I can't visualize it because all those images I created of the future included that individual, whether it's a man or a lady, whichever way it goes. Um, your future visualization, all those imprints you've got in your mind included that individual. So you've now just squashed that video, that image in your mind, and you now have to start creating new images without that individual, but seeing yourself as happy. And this is the same thing with finances. We have to sort of visualize the future, make it very, very compelling, very exciting. And once we've got that, we have to set up the decisions to sort of take some action to invest. But we can't do it manually. We have to do it automated. We have to do it, make that decision once and allow it to repeat itself. HMRC understands it. HMRC don't ask you to pay your taxes every year or every month. They just take it out of your payslip, okay? The mortgage company, if you have a mortgage, your mortgage company understands this. They don't ask you to write them a check or transfer the money every month. They just take it by direct debit. You need to learn from these habits and set up your future automatically. So we look at it and we say, okay, what do I want? What's my compelling vision? What does it look like? What do I need to do to achieve that? And just start, just start by saving something. Start by saving some money. Start by investing some money. And the reason I say just start is because it's far easier to change something than it is to start something. So when you're in the right state, once you're sort of, okay, I understand what I've got to do, let's start. Let's start saving something, even if you're saving a pound a month, 
Okay, let's start it and then commit to say, okay, well, every month I'm going to start increasing that. I'm going to start cutting back on other areas and start improving what I am sort of state saving. Because once you start saving, then it's easy to change it. And we've noticed that with um, the workplace pension. So the number of people saving for retirement has actually skyrocketed in the UK. It's gone through the roof. And the reason being, workplace pensions were introduced. Back in 2016-17, workplace, workplace pensions were introduced. It's phased across all employers now. So every employer, by law, has to not only automatically enrol you, but also contribute into the workplace pension. You're not asked if you want to join, you're joined. And you then have to take a conscious decision to opt out. And if you don't opt out, you're in it. And if you do opt out, they're going to put you back in there on the third anniversary every three years. So they're saying, look, you need to fund for your retirement. You may have opted out then, but we're going to put you back in so you've got that automatic pension contribution. And just as a side note, you're crazy if you opt out. There are, I can't think of really of a good reason for opting out. So um, let's just stay in that scheme. So this started by saying, you know, how do we win at the game of money? And you have to make your future vision, what you want, exciting. You have to make it compelling. If you think the future is dull and boring and black and white, you're not going to be excited by it. So just close your eyes for a moment. If you're driving, pull over the car. Don't do this while you're driving. But if you close your eyes, if it's safe to do so, close your eyes. Okay. And when you close your eyes, I want you to visualize six months from now, where you are and what your life looks like. And then when you're able to visualize six months from now, visualize out three years from now. What do you see? What do you hear? How are you feeling? Is it exciting? Now with your eyes closed, answer this question internally. What needs to happen both professionally and personally, for you to be happy and excited about your progress over these three years? What do you need to do? When you answer these questions, you can write them down and you can take consistent action towards those as they will move you towards what it is that you want in the future. Now, three years is a nice period of time. You can open your eyes now, by the way. Three years is a nice period of time because it's short enough for us to manage. We can control it. We understand it. But it's long enough to make a difference. Okay? So in a year, most people can't really achieve an awful lot of things. It takes a bit of momentum to start doing stuff. We can certainly go in the right direction. In five years, people often think 60 months is quite a long way away. But three years, 36 months is quite tangible. You know, we can really sort of put, lay our hands on it. So it's a good time, a period of time. And maybe I'll do one of these um, uh, recordings one day just on a coaching session, you know, which cover those sort of questions. Some great questions that I, uh, I ask clients to really inspire them, to get them sort of moving the right, right way. So create your vision and take a decision and invest some money, even if it's a modest amount of money. Okay. And then agree to review this in the future whether that is in three months, six months, a year's time, to increase it, okay? And don't tinkle with your investments. Make a decision, invest the money. If you need some guidance, go to lexo.co.uk. There's some model portfolios out there already that you can copy or you can invest through Lexo. And the reason being is if you want an oak tree, you plant the seed and you allow it to grow. You water it and you keep it going. You don't dig it up and see if it's got roots. You don't start tinkering with it all the time. Just allow it to do its thing, okay? And then from small acorns, you all experience the big trees.
So that is my sort of thing for you to say about winning the game of money. Create an exciting future for yourself that gets you up in the morning you're really looking forward to achieve. You can achieve it with consistent and regular decisions, but you have to make the first decision. Then once you've made the first decision, automate it. So every single month, get some money coming out of your account and start saving. Even if it's a modest amount, start with a modest amount and then start increasing it over time. Five things that I think you have to do to win at the game of money. So I call this the big five. Um, I do it every week. And it's really five things that I really think you need to do. So it's five snippets. And I've called it Warren's Hierarchy of Financial Needs. Five things that you need to do. You won't be surprised when I say the first thing is you've got to be intentional. You have to do this with intention. You can't do it accidentally. And when I say intention, if you've got to decide what your future looks like. If you don't decide, how are you going to ever achieve it? You know, if you don't decide... I'm going to drive from point A to point B, I'm going to point B. If you just go out for a drive, how are you gonna arrive at point B if you don't decide to do it? And your life is no different. You have to decide what you want it to look like. So make a decision. When are you going to retire? Where are you going to live? What career are you going to do? And then once you've decided what it looks like, you've then gotta start taking the actions towards achieving that. Don't expect to go from A to B in, in one go. It's regular and consistent decision-making. But if you're on the right path, you'll enjoy the journey. That's one, be intentional, get an outcome. What is it? You know, retire at 60, 55, whatever it might be. Help your children through university, move to the coast and enjoy a home there. Whatever your outcome might be, and there could be a number of them, okay? In the, I'd say the first third of the book on the money plan is dedicated to this. It's certainly step one. Um, you know, what's your outcome? Be intentional. Um, number two, I said there's five things you need to do. So go on to number two. Number two is you've got to have an emergency buffer. Okay, you've got to have some money in the bank. This does two things. One, it's a reserve. So if things go wrong, you're strong, but also it's there so that you stand tall and you've got some money. When you've got some money in the bank, you feel a bit better yourself. You know you're not on the bread line. You have a bit of security. Number three, have a will. I think everyone over the age of 18 needs a will. You don't want to leave your finances in a mess for somebody else to mop up. They're grieving it is as it is when you've passed away. You've got to make sure that you've got a will. Um, number four, which is arguably more than more important than number three, um, but I put it this way around, lasting power of attorneys. I think everyone over the age of 18 needs lasting power of attorneys. Anyone at any age can slip them back in the head. It's not just for the elderly. You need a power of attorney. Uh, and then number five, you need to save. Target 20% of your income. Okay, 20% of your take on pay. I, I share the ratio 50, 30, 20. 20% of your income to save, 30% of your income for variable spending items, and 50% of your income for your household and fixed costs. Um, ballpark rough figures I appreciate. Some people will flex those a little bit because they're in personal circumstances. But the 20% is for short and long-term savings. So some things in the news this week. So the first teenagers... Um, this week, or this month, should I say, are going to start receiving their child trust funds. So the child trust funds were put in place back in 2005, I think, and children got a, a voucher, £250. If you're on a low-income family, I think they've got another voucher, so it ended up being £500. If they left that money on deposit, those teenagers now will be expecting around about excuse me, £260. So from £250 to £260, it's not really that impressive, is it? I didn't think. 
Um, and so many of these were just left on deposit by default. Bear in mind, some might get slightly more because the interest rates are slightly high. I just use a generic rate of interest um, from a, a lender. But if that money was just invested in a world stock market fund, okay? So not choosing a company, not, cho not choosing a country or a company, just choosing the world stock market. Nice and simple, bread and butter, let's just go for the world. They would have got £1,120. So look at the difference there. 260 to 1120 260 pounds or 1120 pounds just from a decision they made okay so really let's look if you, you let's invest um and that's just straightforward world stock market fund uh, something else in the news this week um is the property fund so if you're invested in a property fund so i don't personally believe people need to be invested in property funds because they've got their own home and money's tied up in that. But you know, some people do invest in property funds. Um, you may be stuck. You know, um, M&G put the gate so they stop redemption. So you're invested, you can't draw your money back out. Uh, back in December last year. Um, and we're now just seeing the gates open. So uh, one property fund opened on the 10th of December, uh, September, sorry. And another one's opening up this week. So if you are in a property fund, you might start seeing those open up as time goes. A uh, couple of readers questions this week. I like to go through the questions each week to make sure that um, you get feedback from, and it's good for me to hear from you guys as well. So if you have any questions, please send them in. It's really nice for me to hear and read them. Uh, and I do answer all of them and I do two a week um, on here as well. So first question is, I'm 18 years old. I've managed to save 25,000 pounds and I'm considering buying my first house, should I? Now, I was just blown away by that. 18 years old, the guy's got 25,000 pounds. And I just sort of say, pat on the back, that's phenomenal. Um, and my response to him was, um, hey, there's two things that I think you should borrow money for and invest in. One's your education, and one's your first home, or your home. Um, but at 18, you're young, you're really young. So really focus on your education, really focus on your career, Build that up because that's going to reap rewards uh, for years to come. And if you find a house that you really like and you can afford, then yeah, have a go at it. You know, buy, get in there. You, got, you might get a really good deal. But I wouldn't rush it buying it. And the reason I wouldn't rush it buying it is at your age, focus on your career, focus on your education, education and career. Focus on it because that's going to drive your income. Continue to invest, continue to save. I don't think I need to tell you that. You've done a phenomenal job. Um, and maybe use some of that money into your ISA. Um, because I don't think from our conversation, I don't think you need the whole 25,000 to buy the house. Uh, second question is uh, opposite end of the scale. I want to retire at 60. These people I think were just about 50 um, or early 50s. How do I know how much my pensions will provide me? So state pension, complete a BR19 form or go on to the government gateway. Um, a defined benefit scheme, they'll send you a final salary scheme, they'll send you a statement to say what your income's going to be. Just make sure it's as of that date, not from when you uh, left the scheme. Um, and defined contribution schemes, they'll give you a projection of the fund value to retirement. And then you can go to the Money Advice Service website and they'll give you an annuity table comparison. You can put in your details there and tell you what the annuity rates are. So that's one option. The alternative to annuities is also drawdowns, where you've got the pot of money, so you've got 100,000 pounds saved up, and you can draw from that. And if you target about three and a half thousand pounds per 100,000 pounds of um, capital, so if you've got 100,000 pounds, you can draw about three and a half thousand from it, 4,000. If you've got 200, you could draw about 7,000 pounds or 8,000 pounds from it. 
Um, that's typically going to last you um, around up 30 years and allow you to revalue it, maybe a little bit longer. Um, so, you know, this is pretty fair. I think I've done one on drawing money from capital, but if not, I'll do another podcast um, on that. But um, yeah, add the three together, and then that's really what you've got for your retirement income, your state pension, your defined benefits pension, and your defined contribution pension as well. So you've got the three different ones there, but hopefully that's, if, if I haven't asked that clearly enough, or if, if somebody else is listening to this and you want some more info on that, just message me. I'm quite happy to do another one, a bit more detailed on that. Um, smarter spender. Smarter spender is the section where I say to you, hey, look, spending money is not bad. One person's spending is another, person, another person's income, and that's what keeps the economy going around. As long as you're not spending money that's not yours, i.e. not spending on a credit card or borrowing money to spend, then it's okay. We have the ratios, the 20, 30, 50. And we're really looking here at the 30%, your general spending money here. If you're putting 20% of the money away for your future and you've got your household bills covered, spending money is okay. You know, it's okay to enjoy the process of doing that. So we look at some things that have dipped in price. Um, and this week, Lego is down about 9% cheaper than last week. So with Christmas not that far away, that could be on the cards. Paddling pools, 28%. I'm not sure you'd be wanting paddling pools this time of the year, but you might do. But mountain bikes down 20%. So I would say it's a great time to be considering those. So yeah, mountain bikes and stuff like that, road bikes. Idealo said there was a reported a huge 172% increase in demand. So Idealo that is a price comparison site that I think is just amazing. Um, my family use it. I've been using it now for at least five years, I think, four years. It's mentioned in the book as well. And um, that was written about three years ago. So um, it's pretty decent. It's a good site. Um, but they reckon there was a 172% increase in demand for bikes in that period. And I can relate to that because we tried to get Isabella, my daughter, a bike. We just couldn't get one for love nor money. But now I can see they're coming back on. I'll have to revisit that. But September's a brilliant time to buy the bikes um, and mountain bikes. And they, you know, with a potential savings as much as 60% um, compared to buying at most expensive time of year, it's, it's pretty good. Um, but we haven't got a lockdown, but we have got a restriction of six people meeting or more. So we think this week people will be buying things from home. So TV, sofas and stuff like that to keep your house comfortable. So, hey, go to Idealo, type in the thing you want and see what you think. Um, you can set alerts and stuff on there as well. Hey, it's been a great session, this one. I've really enjoyed recording it. If you've got any questions, please send them in. Love to speak to you all. And I love you watching. I love to see your feedback as well. Until next week. Um, please stay safe um, and keep saving and keep having a good time. That's what's important. Uh, my name's Warren. This is Financial Education Foundation. Until next time, take care.